This podcast today is presented by Anchor. Anchor is a free app that allows you to record, edit, and share your podcast to your audience on your iPhone, tablet, or computer. If you want to start a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. What is up, sports fans? Welcome back to the Sports Bible Podcast, number four, episode number four, that is. My name is Richie, and I am joined here by my co-host, Rob. How are we doing, Rob? What's going on, guys? What's up, Rich? An interesting week of basketball, to say the least. Not a crazy amount of news, but a lot of, like, intriguing news would be the word I would like to use. Um, Any Mm -hmm. thoughts on the last week of basketball, Rob? You know, just another week. This beautiful sport of ours is just... Obviously, the COVID cases are very unfortunate and crazy, but we're going to dive into this in a few minutes. You know, we heard the commissioner, Adam Silver, talk on NBA Today the other day. He says there are no plans to pause it, which kind of makes sense considering the players just play it for almost a year round. and Obviously, they just want to keep it moving and do whatever they can to just get the breaks and get the proper treatment and obviously while balancing it out to keep their family safe. And as much as people might not think so, it probably is the proper move to keep it going. As as we're seeing, we're seeing many guys be signed that a lot of people didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to get to that too. Um, but um, I have, we, we can hop right into it um, with Adam Silver. So in his quote, it says, no plans right now to pause the season to ESPN. We have, of course, looked at all the options, but frankly, we are having trouble coming up with what the logic would be behind pausing right now. As we look through these cases literally ripping through the country, let alone the rest of the world, I think we're finding ourselves where we sort of knew we were going to get to over the past several months. And that is the this virus will not be eradicated and we're going to have to learn to live with it. I think that's what we're experiencing in the league right now. So he also went on to talk about how the, the Omicron variant is dominant, which is as expected. It's the new strain. Uh, my takeaway on this is he, you can't you can't really stop anymore. You can't like like every time something goes wrong, you can't just stop. You have to kind of push through. And I understand them postponing games because you can't field teams, but they're they're you have to adjust. And the NFL is kind of doing it, and the NBA will be next. The NHL, I think postponed for a couple of days but they weren't playing on christmas eve or christmas day anyway so it made more sense for the nhl to do that um what do you think about that rob i just think it's um just like an unfortunate thing that you kind of have to push through yep like i just said and as we've seen you know previously in the bubble and in other scenarios it's just the nba always seems to be the first sport to take a stance on things and to be ahead of the game you know to gather unite one another and stand as one, whether it be through, you know, this terrible monster that we've been dealing with for a few years now and obviously social injustice issues, whatever it may be. It's just they're always ahead of the game. And, you know, I trust Adam Silver and I trust the rest of the people and the Board of Governors and making the right decisions. And it's as like you said, we'll get to. It's also cool to see all guys get another chance to play. And yeah, it's and obviously fans like us, we don't want to see the sport stop at all. And, yeah, it's good that and taking proper precautions. Although, man, fortunate 
that so many people get in health and safety protocol every day, but forward and things will work out. Yeah, it's um, also important to know that 97% of the NBA players are vaccinated and that 65% of them are eligible for the booster shot, which is just booster shot comes with time. So like if you have to wait six months, at least in my case, you have to, I have to wait six months to get it. But um, it's also important to know that there's no plans on moving to a bubble again, which makes a lot of sense because like if, if you're going to move to a bubble, it's going to cause a more of a headache in getting to the bubble, not seeing like the families again, uh, getting all, all the teams to the bubble. The last time there was just a select amount of teams and it's going to, it's never going to go away, at least in the near future. And you're just going to have to learn to kind of adjust on the fly, just like anything else in life. You have to adjust on the fly. Yeah. And it's just, especially, you know, you talked about, you know, LeBron was someone extremely vocal and maybe the most outspoken of them all when it came to, you know, the circumstance and kind of felt like they were being trapped in quarantine and, uh, the comp the sports complex in Disney. But yeah, players want to move through it and they want to do the best they can to proceed. And yeah, we just like we just said, we gotta do our best job of moving forward. And this has been obviously the two most unfortunate years of probably all our lives. And yeah. It's just unbelievable how far this has gone, really. And um to branch off this, we're gonna talk <laughs> about a team now that has dealt with COVID. And that is the Chicago Bulls, who actually just got their game postponed tonight. But it's not for like it's not their fault. It's the Raptors who are having the COVID issues now, and they're playing the Raptors tonight. So them and now Portland against the Nets is canceled. Not canceled. Or postponed tonight. Us tomorrow night. We're we're yeah. recording this on a Wednesday, so Thursday night. Yep. Yeah. So, but tonight is Toronto Chicago. That's canceled. Why did I read that wrong? I got my days mixed <laughs> up. School ends one week, and I'm. A, I'm uh, already got my days mixed up, but uh, back to the Bulls. Um, they have dealt with COVID. I mean, it's, I don't want to compare COVID, but like more than mostly anyone in the league at this point, and they haven't skipped a beat. And I just think they're still kind of slept on. Like when you play them, it's like ah, oh, they don't scare me that much. But if you look at their schedule, they had two games postponed. They come back against the Lakers and Rockets on a back-to-back and win both games without their be- arguably their best player. I think that just goes to show you how deep this team is and how well-run this team is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, we, I think we talked about it in the recent weeks, how Billy Donovan's such, such an underrated, well-rounded coach, and you're seeing it with this group. And, you know, they lost an injury uh, the other night, too, I'm pretty sure. And it's just the way they've been. Who'd you say you cut out? Can you hear me? Oh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Who'd you say you said Caruso? Yep. They lost oh, okay. him to injury, I believe, the other night. He left yeah. the game early. And the way they were still able to pull out the game with this roster, like you said, it just proves how great Donovan really is. And how about the other guy we've talked about 24 7, DeMar DeRozan, who's proving yeah. again he's going to be in that starting all star position. He's, um,. He's making the three-pointer look stupid. Absolutely. And, like, he's the king of the fourth this year. He's And he's proven he does not deserve any disrespect that he's gotten in the past. He's been awesome. I'm pretty sure he's still one of the leading scorers in the league and leading fourth-quarter scorers. And he is, he's fifth in the league in scoring at 26.8. Yeah, I thought it was around there. 
So, yeah, the Bulls, these past two games when they came back, they're shooting 48 from the field, 40 from three. They scored 148 points in both games, 38 and a half rebounds. It's just they're shooting it very well. 118 defensive rating in their last two. It's just both ends of the ball. And it's like kind of what we talk about with the Warriors and with the uh, Lakers and when it comes to their playoff runs and how far they can go when it comes to the finals. It's like who plays both ends of the ball and like plays a more well-rounded style and who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the balls are going to be exciting. Yeah, they're a very exciting team, and they will be as like approaches and time goes on. Yeah. So in December, Demar Derozan is averaging thirty-two points a game, and he went from twenty-four points a game to twenty-six points a game, and thirty-two points a game per like each month. Like he's increased, which is a great time. It's probably not going to keep going up to like forty points a game, but you you catch my drift where I'm at with that. But a player I want to highlight in Levine's absence is. Lonzo Ball. Yep, and was... I don't think people realize how well this guy's playing. I'm looking at his numbers right now. In December, he is averaging 15.5 points a game, six rebounds, six assists, two blocks, two steals, and he's shooting 36% from three. 40% from the field isn't great, but also, if you take into account the first two games in December, he shot three for 14 and three for 10. But since then, he hasn't scored under 15 points and has he's been super consistent – He's been exactly what you needed him to be, and he's really starting to show that now. Like, in his last game, he had 19, 8, 5, and 5 steals. I think he's an underrated player. He went from overrated to underrated very fast. Yeah, and this is everything, you know, not just what the Bulls hoped for when they signed him and gave him this deal and how, you know, we talked about the tampering in the past and how they were so linked and it was supposed to happen. And the outside league was like, you know, this is a perfect fit with his evolution. His last five, he's averaging 18, almost 18 and a half, five and a half boards, five assists. Imagine he's still up there and one of the best three-point shooters in the league, ranked-wise. About 45 from the field. Seven blocks in those five games. Uh, yeah. Averaging about a block and a half. He ignites the defense, and coming into the season, I think I might have said this the first pod, I was like, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was like, that was my biggest uh, thing about them, was they have not much defense that stands out to me, besides Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, and those two have ignited the rest of the units from a hustle standpoint, from a highlight standpoint, with their ability to block shots, and then Lonzo... You talk about a guy who's great at – I think we said this – I said this about Kevin Love when we were talking about predictions. Talk about a guy who's great A and best in the league at the full-court highlight pass. I need to say highlight there, but the full-court pass, it's just – it's him. Yeah, like the the football pass. It's – absolutely. And he – his vision is second to none. We talked about Simmons' vision compared to like Rondo's previously. He's like a combination of both and – yeah, he's, he's super smart. Yeah, his intelligence compared to how he was when he first came in with the Lakers, as well as his shooting. Like he's well, he finally put he finally shot the ball from the correct shoulder. <laughs> he was shooting the ball like on the opposite side. Yeah. Like, how is how can you ever square like 
keep a ball aligned with that or take like a step back or like a, a fadeaway with that kind of shot. And he could guard the best player. He could guard mm. a James Harden. He could guard a Russell Westbrook. He could guard a Kyrie Irving without even, you know, putting his head down one bit. Like he doesn't back down. He's like, I just said, improved tremendously offensively. He's a great a rebounder. And pretty soon he's going to be one of the best point guards in the league. I'd imagine as you know, his yeah. Bulls career goes on. Uh, important to note in the two games that Levine has missed, because obviously since Levine has gotten COVID, they've canceled the games. So they've played two games since he Lonzo ball is averaging 19 points a game, six assists, three steals, four and a half rebounds, shooting 39% from three and 48% from the field. Is he going to keep that up? Probably not just for the fact that Levine is going to come back and take more shots. But if you can get that type of efficiency out of him, he is a very viable third option. And let's I'll even put him as a fourth option because let's not forget about Nikola Vucevic, who is will always be criminally underrated for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think it's important to note that. So um, to the next point, next Nets, you know, um, who are you taking right now? Because the Brooklyn is twenty one and nine, Chicago's nineteen and ten, and after that, Cleveland, Miami, Milwaukee, Philly. So those four teams they have question marks. Cleveland's dealing with COVID. Miami, Jimmy Butler's been hurt. Milwaukee, COVID. Philly, we all know what's going on there. Um, so Brooklyn and Chicago look like right now the top tier of the Eastern Conference. And on the first podcast, we talked about the Suns and the Warriors. So we'll, we'll do Eastern Conference today. If you had to pick one to win in a seven-game series right now, who are you taking and why? Well, you just got to go with the straightforward, obvious end, the Brooklyn Nets. They look like they're getting – you know, they're going through a huge wave of COVID. They look like they need some help, too. They don't even have a roster at this point. A lot of people yeah. like Stephen A., he was saying yesterday how disappointed and disgusted he is at the ownership and organization that something else we're going to talk about in a little bit, Kyrie coming back. They needed it. I mean, the biggest thing is the load that they're putting on KD. It's like this guy just now came he up. has COVID. Yeah, and it's – you know, there's a bunch of questions. I'm pretty sure Durant does have it, but they were saying, and we're going to get in. I don't want to get into it that much about Kyrie because we will, but, you know, he might just be a five negative test. So he comes back for Christmas. So he figured he might be going into quarantine. I'll, we'll get to that. But yeah. he, he, um, the Nets, you know, you'd have to imagine Harden should be coming back soon. It's been probably almost a week. Uh, over a week, actually, I think. So, yeah, I think it was last Tuesday. But it was – they're looking a little depleted. They need a big man right now, too, with Aldridge out. Uh, Claxton, whenever he's available, needs to step up. It's just – with getting Kyrie Irving and then with them fully healthy, that just puts the icing on the cake because we were talking about who's the championship favorite. Right now it's Golden yeah. State in my eyes, but – Talk about Stephen A. Smith. He's right when he says, you know, the world kind of stops when Kyrie Irving comes back because all attention is focused on them. And it's not, not the ju- Nets anymore. It's the Kyrie Irving show. Yeah. And it's, it's mm-hmm. the, yeah. the three, the big three and them being villains and running the league. And we saw what happened to them last year. Obviously, when the postseason comes around or an inch is closer, they're going to be hungry. And, if they face a Chicago or Milwaukee, 
you know, they their revenge is going to be in their blood, obviously. If you get Milwaukee against Brooklyn, I'd probably – I don't know who I'd pick at this moment. But against Chicago, I'd have to say Brooklyn. But I'll give – with the way they've been through these first 30 games, I'll give them – games and knowing that they play both sides which Brooklyn doesn't and that's the biggest thing but like you're getting two three of the best one-on-one scorers against you you know you might need a lot of <laughs> despite despite the length of the Zach you might need a lot of Alex Caruso's and Lonzo mm-hmm. balls yeah it's going to be tough especially knowing their inexperience when it comes to the postseason Vucevic has been there in the brief stints in Orlando so it's DeRozan with the, De- yeah, the um, Raptors just, and Spurs. Of course. And De- DeMar adds that, absolutely, with his veteran and leadership. And Caruso adds that, too. Yeah, that he does. He's got the championship pedigree. And, yeah, um, um, oh, you go on. I was just going to say, yeah, I would take Brooklyn just because of this Kyrie news. And even if they get him for just part-time, it's just, like, up to shape and – the real Kyrie Irving that made the all NBA team that we saw last year amidst all the controversy and him being off the court and him not ever showing up. I would take Brooklyn. Yeah. I'll give him six. I'm a, I'm gonna be a little bold here. I'm gonna take the bulls. I think, and hear me out. It's so close. And honestly, I throw the bucks in with them and who knows, maybe the Cavs are actually like a top tier team. I don't want to put them there yet. I hate when people do that. <laughs> When a team's on a winning streak, doesn't mean that they're the best team in the league. Like, they're playing well right now. Let's keep seeing it, you know, keep going with them. I know they got some COVID issues, but when it comes to Chicago, the way I'm, it comes down to is depth. Kevin Durant is by far the best scorer out of both teams. But after that, Levine and DeRozan are probably two and three. Then you go Harden. Harden, uh, Harden pure scoring-wise, talent-wise, I'd probably take Harden over DeRozan and Levine slightly. But the way he plays, he doesn't score as much. So then you have Harden at four. And I'm not even including Kyrie. Then after that, after Harden and Kevin Durant, who's really scoring for the Nets? I mean, you can catch Patty Mills and Joe Harris on hot days. But the Bulls still have Vucevic. The Bulls still have Lonzo Ball. The Bulls still have Kobe White coming off the bench. And I guess Kobe White and Patty Mills would kind of be like the comp that I would put. And then... Do the Nets have the Alex Caruso? That could be like the juggernaut, like the guy off the bench, because that would be Patty Mills again. Like it seems like everything keeps falling on the same guy for the the, the um, Nets bench. Then you have guys like Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton, like you you mentioned. So I just think Chicago is in a really good spot if one of their stars has an off day to make up for it. Like if Kevin Durant has an off day, it's James Harden or bust if you're at home. Because think about it. If the Nets get the one seed, and they have four games in Brooklyn, three games in Chicago, that means you have Kyrie for three games, not seven. And we're actually going to jump right into that after this. I was going to talk about this. Well, we were going to talk about this later, but we'll jump right into it after this since we're on the topic. I just think that the Bulls have a higher margin for error if one of their – like if DeRozan or Levine doesn't play well. And that, that's so, the only – It was a Saturday night – uh... 
we'll see at the, the end Nets of the year. Um, actually got comment, schedule. Comment what you think in the um, right here below. The Bulls. I like Wade. Yeah, I, I like your Nets. thoughts there. Um, and it's just December fourth. You know, the Nets might seem like the team the that has a ball hit that dagger three. So the Bulls have nothing to lose. We saw down to the wire game a couple weeks ago. To the clutch play of Levine and DeRozan, and their Nets. Sorry, the Nets inability to defend them and obviously defend the three ball, which Lonzo Ball ended them in the clays, as they call it. And it was a very nice win for Chicago. And that kind of previewed that if they played in the playoffs, it'd be a great series regardless. I, I Like I said, Chicago maybe should get six games if they keep up this play. Like Brooklyn isn't that scary, as we've said in the past. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant is going to score. You can't stop that. But it's the question marks that come with it, and we'll get into that now with Kyrie Irving, who is coming back. But hold your horses. He is a part-time player. This dude is treating the NBA like a fast food joint, and it's so funny. Um, (laughs) When he got put on protocols right away, everyone was like, oh, like karma. Like, no, like he had to go into protocols because he was gone. So he had to come back, go into COVID protocols, and he has to clear now. It's definitely a boost um, from a basketball standpoint. Definitely a boost. He's his immense talent. And like you were saying, with Durant and Harden playing a lot of minutes, now they're out. Um, yeah, I just think from a basketball standpoint, it's a, it's a really good boost. But can you trust him? Can you trust him to stay around and be the um, part-time player that he wants to be? Yeah, and that's... That, that's just, that just sounds weird, part-time. And I, don't, I don't agree with it. I mean... Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I've backed Kyrie, but no. You're either playing all the time or you're not playing at all. That's the way I'd say it. Yeah, and um, I mentioned Stephen A. before in his rant about it to Tim Legler on first take yesterday. It was like, what I don't like was that Kyrie has done nothing to – is in the same place as he was when this all started. Like, he has done nothing to himself. Yeah, to improve the situation. It's just – it was the ownership, and Tim Legler was saying, yeah, well, I was actually proud of the ownership taking that stance and saying, you know, it's either you're full-time or not. And I kind of was at the time as well, and I agree, but it makes sense that Steve Nash said it last week himself. He said, you know, we can't keep doing this on Kevin. So it makes sense for them all to realize we need some more help, whether it's part-time or not. It's just you hope, and like you just said, he needs uh, five negative tests since he's unvaccinated, and he needs to practice with the Nets before he could potentially rejoin for Christmas on Saturday. It's funny. He's probably not. He's probably not going to make it back for Saturday. Yeah, and it was funny um, when we talked about this last week. I brought up his Instagram of his shoes and putting them on, and how that was a bit of a tease. And yeah, our our guy kind of talked about it. Um, Don LaGreca on the Michael K show, and he's not like a big NBA junkie. So he, he kind of foreshadowed it. He was like, oh, well, if he reports now, he's probably trying to come back for the Christmas Day game. And I was thinking like, really? And then it all kind of just came into fruition. But it's like, yeah, I guess the ownership could have ground a little more, I suppose. But it's like they kind of had to do this. It's just because of the loan. Kevin Durant is taking on knowing Harden kind of hasn't been the same this year with his, the injury from last year. And you said it before. It's like you got scores like Levine and Mar that are 
outscoring him. And in a series, you know, Harden, as we know, is probably the best scorer of all time besides from the Kobe's and the and what was it, the KDs. But it's like Curry. has we, Yeah. And it's like as we've seen, James hasn't really done that. And he is more of a point guard in the Brooklyn him being a since he became a Brooklyn net, I'm sorry. But yeah. it's you know, they need more help. And Kyrie Irving put on a net uniform, I've said it since day one, has really been unbelievable, like stats wise. Here's his numbers on the road last season. 28.4, 6.3 assists, four boards, shooting 51 and a half from the field, 41 and a half, almost 42 from three, 88 from the line, a steal per game, almost a block, only two turnovers in each attempting 21 shots. It's just, you know, we talked about it in the past. One of Kobe's students and that's why he's able to take on that shooting guard role and tell Harden that he's the point guard. This makes sense for Brooklyn. Hopefully he can eventually take part in the NBA's rules. But I agree with someone like Stephen A. That's like, you know, he has been untrustworthy the past few seasons. And for the past, oh man, I wish I could rem- remember the exact where he said. I'm pretty sure he said since. Probably since he got to the Celtics. I want to say around when he first came in the league, he's only um, – <laughs> I like that one, though. Around since he came in the league, he's only played 60-plus games like four times or something like that. I want to say he also said maybe like since around 2015 or something. So the number's bad. That's all you got to know. I might be wrong, but it's something like that, and the number's bad. It's just show us some – like some entitlement and some dedication and some trustworthiness, despite you being on Instagram live. So you think I want to like this game. That's my life. And with the, um, with, sorry to cut you off, but with the Cavs, he played in 70 or more games, three out of six seasons and never played under 50 with Boston. He played, he never played in more than 70 (laughs) games. And with the Nets, he's never played more than 60 games. So, you see that trend. Yeah, it's the excuses. Not excuses. It's just like... It's, not it's, the, the, it's, the, it's the distractions. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's always some sort of distraction. We've talked about this a million times. Everyone knows. But it's like, you know, he... Stephen A says it. He looks... He thinks he looks down on people. And, like, they should... Like, he's the king, you know? And yeah. it's just... The whole family outing with the mental health thing last year, him taking games off. It's just like he's never answered the call when it comes to leadership or trustworthiness. And like, it's like someone like Russ or someone like Curry or someone like LeBron, they'll be there and like, do well, their like job. Russ, Russ catches a lot of heat. I mean, Kyrie's starting to catch heat too, but he's there every day. He has never been like an issue in the locker room. He's a great or... leader, absolutely. Yeah, like and, yeah. But he catches so much heat because he he stab pads rebounds and you can't mm-hmm. win with them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Kyrie needed a LeBron to win. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, absolutely. So let's not get that twisted. I think Kyrie's, like I said, talent wise, probably the not the best point guard in the league, but one of the better point guards in the league. And he just, but everybody with is his talent isn't worth everything that comes with him. 
Yeah. If if you want to, I mean, from a Celtics fan's point of view, if you want to make him Batman, it does not work. He's got to be Robin. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't. And, you know, I was saying to my friends recently, it was kind of funny, the talk I was getting throughout that whole season when he committed to Boston, that was, you know, he's going to the Knicks, he's going to the Knicks, he's leaving. I thought I was ready to prove the world wrong. Like, that was probably one of my saddest moments in sports. Like, the fact that I, that actually happened. And, yeah, it's just, I never, I thought I, I was ready. It's got to be. It's just, like, I've never been, talking about Stephen A again, bamboozled. Just, he fooled all of, you know, the fan base of one of the most illustrious franchises out there. Um, uh, a quick note, I think this is funny. I'm on his, like, his reference page right now, like, looking at his numbers and stuff. And they give you his nicknames on the top of the page. And it says Kyrie Andrew Irving, his uh, social media handles. And then it says nicknames Uncle Drew, Ankle Taker, Kai, and World Be Flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. That's, got, that's not real. That's a troll. Based off, I know we're going to get into <laughs> these. <be> flat. <laughs> I know we're going to get into these guys as well. But based uh, off you talking about... um basketball reference i was sending it to my friend before guess what joe johnson's <laughs> one of his is uh i'm gonna look it up right now uh i know it was i saw joe was one of them but that yeah, was like that's course. been his nickname yeah you're gonna you're I gonna see know. what i'm talking about it's joe to the johnson i saw armadillo cowboy <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> i mean oh god but um before we're gonna get into that next actually but um <clears throat> before we get into that if you had to pick Kyrie Irving, like right now, when Harden, Katie, everyone gets healthy on the Nets, you think he stays or does he go back into his uh, his not a little home, but like go back home and like just say like, hey, call me when you need me. <laughs> you know, it's it's actually funny because you know to continue to be the nerd that I am and go off what other analysts say. I was listening to Bill Simmons last night, and he's his theory is that. They can't trade him if he's not playing. So, like, they want to get his value up as well. And this is the way to do it. So, that could be an idea. But, like we said, it's more so based upon the load Kevin Durant is taking on. And how, first of all, like I said before, he's coming off that Achilles injury. And, like we said, a team like the Bulls, a team like uh, Milwaukee, you need to be – at full stamina, full strength to, you know, fulfill the goal and get to that NBA finals that they, they're supposed to be the best team ever. This is what they set up for. They want to be the next warriors. It's just like, that's why you don't shame them for that decision. That's like, we want you full time because we don't need you being a distraction. What you've been, you know, the past five plus years, it's just like, yeah, it's, this was the right move. And hopefully he does, get vaccinated or do something get to be a full time. Yeah. Take the plant-based vaccine. Like he said, he wanted. <laughs> I don't, uh, he just, every he's, he's just got it. He, well, I mean, he's proven this, but if you say the sky's blue, he's going to give you a reason why it's not like, like there's not, I mean, like I guess I said, philosophically, he, you can't like, it's his personality. It's his views and stuff like that. But you gotta still remember you're a basketball player. And whether you want to be or not is up to you. If you want to say, Oh, basketball is not my only love, that's fine. But the NBA isn't 
isn't the Uncle Drew League. It's not it's not a rec league. Like it's a full time job. People commit to full time jobs. You have to commit to yours. Yeah, and that's that's his biggest message that he's been uh preaching over these last X amount of years more than a basketball player and how like yeah that's fine but you have to still be but more than a basketball player still constitutes being a basketball player legit and it was funny because the first game that he made the return to boston not the one where he stepped on the logo and finally played the one where the nets first made the return and boston had the worst Kyrie signs everywhere and the, the td garden was you know chanting his name the whole time it was buzzing you might remember he made a huge Instagram story on paragraphs on paragraphs of how, you know, everyone just wants the entertainment, how it's all about putting a ball through a hoop, not about like he kind of hinted. That was a big thing of his when he left was that in the beginning of the season, like after he committed, his grandpa passed away when they were on, when the Celtics were on a road trip and that's kind of where he got that miserable look in his eye and like the attitude that like he just wanted to like, I remember his full quote, Brooklyn Nets media day, his first, his first media day with them. He was like, you tell me if you want to come to work every day and, um, you know, do your job when like your grandpa and someone in your family passed away that, you know, you weren't able to see and you can't see anymore. And it's like, dude, you, we get that. And we understand like, how like, no one's no one's gonna discount you for missing over like a tragedy or like a family situation, but for your sister's birthday party or your cousin's birthday party, like I didn't miss travel baseball games for birthday parties. Yeah, and it's just... and I was fourteen. <laughs> That's I like it's that like, one. Come, like I I like Kyrie Irving, but come on, man, like. You just you're making it hard. <laughs> like, yeah. You, just be. If you don't want to be a basketball player, then just retire. Like you save so you you made a lot of money. You've won a championship. You're probably a Hall of Famer. Just retire. If you truly don't want to do this, retire. Because it really feels like that now. There's been so much controversy about any route he can go, and he had a quote when he was on Boston that said that he didn't like. He wants to play till like early thirties or something. By the way, now, he's gonna... now it's time. It's early thirties. Yeah, he's twenty eight now, right? So he's getting close. He's gonna be thirty in March. I was just about to say. <laughs> so he said that. He said, um, or not just that. It's just like you get the indication of everything he's saying off the court to the media and like the way he's acting. That's why there was rumors that were like, if he gets traded, will he retire? And I guess you never know with him. It's just, you know, I've been through so much said, you know, over brief stints these past few weeks. And at the end of the day, I just appreciate his game. And I've done nothing but preach him in a positive way. It's just I miss those highlights. I miss that art that he creates. And I love greatness. And that's what he is. It's just like, bro, can you be a little bit more of a leader? I agree with people when they're like, how would Kobe feel about this? He would be disappointed and stuff like that. Not like over this whole vaccination thing. No, I, that's but just everything else. Not even like the vaccine or like you said, like like a relative passing away. Like that's reasonable, and you're allowed to make your own choices. But when you like last year, when you miss games because you need a break, 
you – dude, you're playing basketball. I understand there's pressure. There's pressure on everyone in this world. There's pressure on us too. Not even for this podcast, but school, work, my, my parents, like my friends, family. Everyone has pressure on them, and we don't get to take a mental break. And not saying mental health isn't serious. It is. But basketball should be your escape, and if it's not becoming that anymore, then you shouldn't play anymore, and you should find something else to be your be your escape. Yeah, and it's funny because any any media member will tell you how he is, like, and how he probably will choose not to talk to a reporter or talk to the media since high school. And yeah, based off what you just said, yeah, that's the biggest thing when I say like, what would Kobe think? Is him? you know, taking breaks and what he did last season, the way he acts as a leader. But it's like, I told you I met Alex Schiffer, who's a Nets beat writer for the athletic and the sports writing class. And that's one of the things I asked him when we asked questions was like, was that hard for you when like that came out last season and the story was portrayed everywhere? And obviously you were like at a big center of it. And he was just saying, like, what everybody else says. It's just he gets he gets looked at a lot, you know, different than he really is. And anybody will tell you that in the NBA. Really. Yeah. It's just like they'll – You don't think of him as a basketball player. Like, when you see him on the court, you don't even look at his talent. Yep. I hope he comes back and looks like that NBA player, like that he's been. Yeah. And it's we just – all... Go on. No, I was just going to say it's just – Everybody looks at him as like, and he says like, this is like a meditation for me. It's just, he might look at the world and the general public a lot different and perceive things different than others and stuff like that. But it's just, yeah, it's everyone says the same story. He's an amazing person that it's just perceived the wrong way. I just got some breaking news. He's been out in the way, but um, Luka Doncic has entered the COVID-19 protocols. Yeah, there it is. They literally said yesterday we're keeping him and Porzingis away from the team because they're hurt right now and just, like, to avoid it. I mean, he's hurt anyway, and, like, wow. Ooh, that stinks. Um, all right, uh, back to Kyrie, though. I mean, we're going to see more COVID cases. So, just what are you going to say? Well, that's all I have to say, but to build off that, Dallas is a team that can use a player like him. Now, yeah, if you, but but Luca's ball dominant, so yeah. you have to play Kyrie at the two. Yeah, and they could use another like ball handler like that who could just you know use each other. Like we see how him and Durant work last season, yeah. and it was awesome. But obviously, the Nets wouldn't want just KP, Chris Stapps, yeah. Porzingis just for mm-hmm. if the if Dallas could find a way to land him, that would be a pretty special duo, I think. Yeah, if, I just I don't know if that would work. I just think they're very ball dominant yeah. players. Um, I don't know if you know who he is. NFL player Calvin Ridley has been out. He like told the Falcons, he's on the Atlanta Falcons receiver, that he's not playing. Like he, he stopped playing. Like he took a he's taking the year like the rest of the year off. It seems like it looks like for mental health. But he said that he's taken off. You know, take your time. Like obviously, everyone like we have no idea what's going on in your other in your life outside of your sports life and your professional lives. But you haven't heard anything else. He's taking his time. He's getting his his relief, I hope. There's no videos of him at a birthday party or any, like, stories that you don't want to hear when someone tells you that 
they're having a tough time. And that's the problem with Kyrie. Not the mental side of it, not the break side of it, but the fact that everything, like, oh, you're taking a break, but you're at your a birthday party. Like, I'm going to keep bringing up this birthday party because it's kind of like symbolizing everything that's gone on. <laughs> yeah, you, you could hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I know who that is. And hopefully, yeah. it's just... It's a pretty good receiver. Pretty damn good receiver. Yeah, and whoever's going to listen to this laugh at, like, or they're going to laugh at um my, you know, how I don't know football as much as you. But as a sports uh, journalist, I, yeah. you, you wish you weren't a football fan if you were a Browns fan after Monday. I'll that tell you rough. what, my dad, <laughs> I, I, I kind of. I, I, I was heartbroken. <laughs> I was going to say, I like, I had like six different teams that I liked growing up. But my dad kind of was a big Washington football team growing up. Washington football fan growing up, and that yeah. put me in that position as well. So that's the team they're, I root for. But they're, I mean, they're in a weird spot right now. Like they don't really have a quarterback. But yeah, they're they've know. been plagued with COVID a lot as well. And yeah, it's, it's just it's taking over sports, the world. It's taking over everything. Has something we will I'll throw out there that building off what I just said about my knowledge of football has it has. Me and you do in this field. You have to know everything that goes on, and you watch. You yeah. have an eye on everything. Yeah, and sense. it's just yeah, it's just like that's what I do. It's like yeah, I'm obsessed with the NBA, and I love the MLB, and obsessed with basketball. But like yeah, dude, I live in front of Sports Center. I know everything that's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, like like I I know exactly that Tiger and Charlie Woods are shooting on the green, and Charlie at the age he is will be a better golfer than I'll ever be. And I am no problem saying that I'm not a big golfer. I'm not your prototypical baseball player. I don't golf. Nor do but, I. Um, well, then again, yeah, former baseball player. I've played baseball in three years now. I'm, I'm what they call washed up. <laughs> but pretty, um, pretty soon we'll be talking about your Mets and our Red Sox. Yeah, uh, that's a little subtle drop right there. We're gonna we might come out with a second podcast. It'll be called be called Sports Bible still, but uh be an episode about baseball for all of our baseball fans and if you're a Mets fan be excited I hope let's not blow it this year like we usually do <laughs> um back to basketball though um Rob I have a question for you are we uh are we in 2015 we are not then why is Lance <laughs> Stevenson Isaiah Thomas and Joe Johnson on NBA rosters <laughs> yep and this is what fans like us wanted to see those guys, the OGs. Yeah, come like back. just fun guys, you know? Like mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas with the Lakers. Looked solid. He looked bad last game, but I mean, he's. I don't have that much expectation for any of these guys. Uh, Joe Johnson to the Celtics, which you should be excited about. I'm sure he could still score. Not as yeah. the way he did, but. And then Lance Stevenson, the. Uh, the infamous, um, I don't want to call him a blower, but the infamous, <laughs> the infamous ear blower to LeBron James. Guitar uh, player. Guitar player, too, for Westbrook yeah. celebration. Or his oh, own he's celebration. From Is he? Yeah. Oh, he's very close to me. I was. I, I grew up in Staten Island. Yeah, so, wow. Big New York guy. That, actually. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Yeah, I'm actually um, going, hopefully, to the – This is we're recording this on a Wednesday, by the way. I'm hopefully going to Knicks-Wizards tomorrow night. Nerlens Noel is now on the COVID list, and if anyone else gets added, it looks like the game might get canceled. That is not any info. It's just a, a weird feeling because of the way COVID's going. 
And uh, I hope not. I want to go to the game. I want to see Evan Fournier. I want to see Kemba Walker. I hope RJ's back. I hope Randall's playing well. Like, I want to see this all happen. But um, back to these three guys. Do you have any thoughts on it? Like, do you think they're going to make any impact or, like, massive impact? Or are they just going to be, like, role players at best? Now, as any other Boston Celtic journalist slash fanatic would be, I have the biggest heart for Isaiah Thomas. Oh, and- my brother. My brother is a Wizards fan. And we were watching that Celtics-Wizards game when John Wall hit the crazy buzzer beater. Oh, and that yeah. that was a game. I know that probably hurt you a lot. I think they the Celtics won that series. I forget yeah. that was a while ago. That yeah, was so like you still got the best of it. Yeah. So I was a senior in high school at the time. That was scary because that sent it into Game Seven, and that Isaiah was awesome that game as he was that entire year, and we almost stole it on the road. Every home team won. We came yeah. into Washington wearing black. You know, I always correct myself for saying we on this podcast, but I'm not even. No, you're gonna... good. I do. Yeah. Do. Don't, don't apologize. <laughs> we're, 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 we're part of the culture. That's. You know? If you're not yes, with sir. us, you're without us. Yes, sir. So we came in wearing black, Avery Bradley, Crowder, IT, Horford, all of them. And when Wall hit that buzzer beater and jumped on the table, he was saying to ESPN after it, you know, don't come in my city wearing black. And that had me really afraid for game seven when they did and it was the usual player he was in game sevens he had that game two you know scoring 53 for his sister china on her birthday that was one of the single-handedly most amazing performances i had ever witnessed and i wish i was at the game crazy it's like everything he was putting up it was going he would take bigs like a uh what's it called um a marcus Marcus, did they have one of the Morris twins? I want to say it was Markeith, but he would take him to the hole at ease, March and Gortat. He would make Biggs look silly, and that was the most amazing thing about him is he, with his strength at like my height and yeah. speed, he could finish over anyone. And he was close to like a 50, 40, 90 year, too. But that was, you know, I continue to say it till this day. I always, as I just said, that I'll never be more wrong in my life and I'll never be more disappointed about how something turned out than the Kyrie leaving thing. But that trade, I've said it on my own podcast, I say it to everybody, that trade, the IT Kyrie trade was probably one of the biggest, most craziest days of my life. And um, obviously, any GM and Danny Ainge, of course, him as the biggest candidate for what I'm about to say. You do that trade like 10 times out of 10, of course. But a driving factor towards it, I will like pinch this in there. Like they knew he had that messed up hip. They knew that. And that was a big rumor after it. Like Bleach Report was saying it, writers, all of it. And it's just that was a big reason to why it was a driving factor towards it. And then, as we saw, Cleveland wanted more compensation. It's laughable to look back at, but they wanted one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And that God, you didn't make that trade. (laughs) And we gave Isaiah Thomas was good, but these guys are. I think Tatum's a generational player. Oh, of course. And we know Brown maybe not generational, but still top seven shooting guard, maybe top five. He looks like he 
you know, not to get sidetracked with my Celtics. You know how I feel about both, but he he's yeah. like a, a Tracy McGrady clone in my eyes. Like how Tatum is with Kobe. He's yeah. the, JB might not be uh, generational, but like he is that dude on both ends, and like another guy mm-hmm. with just no holes. And you see T Mac in his game. But back to what I was saying, uh, that trade was unbelievable, and the hip was a driving factor towards it, and. We saw it with how he performed with LeBron the first time. Exceptional, like 15 a game. Didn't shoot that yeah. great, but like anybody who has the same game he does, like that's going to happen. Um, where else was he? Denver didn't really work. Washington, he was all right. At the, when you said that you and your brother before, I thought you were going to say uh, something about his stint with the Wizards. He was backing up Wall and playing behind him and Beal. He averaged like 13 a game. So he's like shown some uh, sign. Oh uh, yeah, no, I was just talking about the playoff game. Yeah, and he's he showed some signs, and all I did was preach to like everyone who was against me with it, like friends included. I would be like, yeah, like just wait till he's fully healthy and he gets his opportunity, because he would show it in the G League and showcase games and pro ams, all of it. And Al yeah. Hor- Al Horford said something himself the day he got signed by the Lakers the other day. Uh, Thursday, I believe. He said, um, Isaiah is just someone that loves basketball, no matter what it is. He's just always around the game, no matter what it is. Like, and he, he tweets his thoughts about it. Like, he, this one of the coolest tweets ever. He was like, you know, Tom Brady called me great. AI called me, like, the chosen one. Nipsey Hussle called me, yada, yada. Uh, you know, something along those lines. Wait, did he actually call him yada, yada? Or you just like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm yeah. serious. Like, is that he called him yada yada? No, he he said like he's one of the great ones as well, or something like that. So, like, he, like that was his nickname, like yada yada. That's a pretty cool nickname. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, his story is just amazing. There was a documentary on him when he was still in Boston, and it was very heartbreaking seeing him go through with his sister. Yeah, that and when he got traded to Cleveland and him on the phone with Woj and how, like, unscripted it was and stuff like that. But he – um, I'm going on an IT rant. I just – he's <laughs> one of my favorite players ever. And talk about amazing to watch. And it's just, like, we saw how he was the first two games. 19, he showed out. I was so happy uh, Friday night when that happened. Played well yeah. Sunday against the Bulls. Um, had to do bad shooting performance. Him and Tail and Horton Tucker, I saw at one point, were like, I think they were like two for 24 or something. So they both just shot bad. Isaiah had, I, saw, I was at Spider-Man last night. I saw the repeat of the game a little bit when I got home late. Um, he b- kind of blew by a defender and got a layup, and then his jumpers just weren't falling. But yeah. more than happy for him, this is a good opportunity for him because now people see that he can contribute no matter where he is. And it was even more beautiful that he was starting uh, Sunday. For the other guys, Boston also, first of all, Lance Stevenson, good for him. I've seen he's shown out in G League games and you know in other so- leagues. He's a solid player. He was on those Pacers teams with Paul George, Roy Hibbert. That <sighs> broke the Knicks' heart. Yeah, and uh, Roy Hibbert just tossed around Tyson Chandler that series. So, 
But um, it was, was, a, was Darren Collison on that team? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was it was like ten years ago now. Yeah, that how they didn't take down LeBron in the Heat. That's Eastern Conference Finals. I have no idea. Like how it what Paul... Go on. I was just gonna say how great Paul George was, but what were you saying? It sucks that the Knicks kind of matched up well against the Heat. It was a like, good, yeah. I'm not gonna say like I hate people that do this. Like, oh, that call didn't go our way, and if we would have won the series, we would have won the next series and won the Super Bowl or the Finals or the World Series. Like, all right, you still have to win. Like it happens in baseball, like with the Yankees with the Astros cheating. Oh, we would have won the World Series. You still had to beat the Dodgers. Yeah. Like Dodgers Absol- absolutely. Like they're like, like oh, we would have won. You gotta win two more series, bro. <laughs> But come on, but um, yeah. Back to my point. Um, speaking of the Knicks, um, can I get a Bing Bong in the chat? Because uh, Evan Fournier is alive. He uh, he's playing well, guys. Since since uh, since that awful two point performance against the Warriors, he's scoring well, and you saw it firsthand with the Celtics, even though they lost the game. But um, before I get into that, they have won two of three now. They beat Houston and Detroit. I know. Elite wins, right, guys? Um, but in and in the, they sandwiched those wins with a um, a loss to the Celtics. And in those three games, Fournier has 23 points, 32 points, and 22 points. He's not going to be that 25-a-game scorer, especially when R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin come back because they're going to take more minutes. But they're still going to be serviceable. And even quickly is out too, but even serviceable for the fact that he's efficient. As a scorer, offensively at least, and um, Kemba Walker getting spot starts has looked pretty good. He, I mean, he's never going to be the Kemba Walker he was, but he doesn't have to be. And in the two games since his um uh, little uh, stoppage of play, we'll put it that way, he's averaging twenty five seven and four. And they lost one one one. And in both games, I believe he had a plus minus. Let's see, he had a plus minus. Uh, of plus five in the Boston game. And in the Detroit game, he had a plus minus of plus nine. So an overall yep. plus 14. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing with him that the, the stat heads were throwing out was when he was on the court, they were bad. <laughs> yeah. But he's looked better. And maybe he just needed like a little bit of like a little rejuvenation. Yeah. And um, on both ends too, we talked about it our first pod, how like it was uh... – too short of a sample size and I mean yeah. I, I give us some it, time. It looked like Tibbs kinda had to do it with uh how it was on both ends. And yeah. it was atrocious with when he was on the floor. But yeah, Evan his past three, twenty five point seven three and two point seven boards. And he I talked about this with him and uh, based off his little Celtic stint, is I thought he a lot of had a lot of potential in Boston, despite him going down with COVID. And I would talk about how he had potential moving with the ball and running a little, you know, point in transition and driving the cup. We haven't really seen that with the Knicks a lot, although we kind of have in the past few. He's shooting forty from three. That's kind of his thing. Obviously, he's a forty to fifty percent shooter from out there. The only good moments he had with Boston was he averaged like 17 a game in like the month of uh, April, I want to say. 
Yeah. And he shot like 46 from out there. So 40.7 from three now, 50 from the field these past three games. Only 66 from the line. That's a little bit of a surprise. He'll get better there, though. But, yeah, you know, I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see if he gets playing time. But I, I have a point of what I think the Knicks should do when um, everyone gets healthy. But uh, what were we going to say? I was just going to say, yeah, well, I was going to say I'm writing a story on him right now that will be out soon and um, mm-hmm. how he could, you know, how the opportunities there for him to really just, you know, show up. He's just, yeah, that was the same thing with Kemba. They didn't play him at the end of games because of his defense. And now, like, he gave him $18 million a year. He's the second highest paid player no, on the no, team. No, 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 he got $18 million over two years. Yeah, and uh, doesn't it go to, like, 19 after, like, it goes yeah. up, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not, you say $18 million a year. That would be $36 million over two years. Is He signed a four-year deal, right? No, two-year. Fournier, I'm talking about. Oh, I thought he was talking about Kemba Walker. Yeah, I'm talking oh. about Fournier. He signed oh, four bad. years, 78. Kemba's two years, he 17. Four years, 78 million? Yep. He's 18 right now, and then it shifts to 19. And, yeah, Kemba got two, four two years. Four years, 73 million. Mm-hmm. It's That's just, what he got. Oh, my God. Oh. So, yeah, so this isn't, this isn't a waste of money like Joakim Noah and what those oh, next okay. were. But this is – he's underperforming. Now it's time – like the opportunities there, not just with this COVID thing. It's just yeah. someone at the shooting guard to give buckets, and that's what he's there for. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the point I was gonna make. So Tibbs' reasoning, like I understood, like benching him, but his reasoning for not making him a rotational player was, is that they view him as a starter, and that he's too small to work with, like quickly Rose, and that crew. So what I think the Knicks should do is when everyone gets healthy, I know Rose has like an ankle issue and Burks Burks is the starting point guard right now. All of it with um but with everyone hurt, he ha- he's forced into the two guard. But if I'm the Knicks, if you don't want to start Kemba, that's fine. I'd put Rose at the one. People seem to forget like with Rose, the problem wasn't that he was starting, it was that he was playing forty minutes a game. He doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Or you make Kemba Walker your starter, but play him like the minutes you gave Alfred Payton. Like you don't, he doesn't have to be on the court in crunch time. So you you could either put Rose at the one, and when RJ comes back, have RJ at the two, Fournier at the three, or vice versa. That doesn't really matter. Uh, Randall four, and then Noel and Robinson at the five, whatever one you want to pick. And then on the bench, you would have Burks as your size with Quickly and Walker. That that would be my reasoning for it. Or if you want to keep get bigger, you have Rose on your bench and put Walker in your starting lineup or quickly, although I think they like quickly off the bench. So it's reasonable to do it. I don't agree with fully benching him, but I do think he needed a little bit of his minutes scaled back a little bit. Yeah. I but mean right you, now he has no choice. There's no one else to play. You called it too on our first pod. You were like, he definitely won't be out of the rotation the whole year no matter what. And, um, you know, his averages the last three, you said it, 22, five, three assists. Yeah. And 
42 from the outside. We talked, I think I brought that up. The uh, first pod was that like, three were actually standing out more than they ever have through his career in this small sample size. And like, I like your idea. I'd maybe Toppin looks like he's kind of ready whenever he. What hurts, what hurts Toppin is that he was drafted to be Randall's replacement and then Randall became a pretty damn good player. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but but all, him off the bench, he it's a shame that he played his best game before he got COVID. The highlight he had in Indiana. And um, I would go – I would probably just start, you know, whoever's listening to this, they're going to be like, oh, the Celtics homer in them. It's not at all. But, like, you brought them there for a reason to improve your scoring and backcourt. So I'll start yeah. Walker and Fournier, Barrett, Randall, and then – you can you got a couple options at the five. Mitch yeah, obviously too. Yeah, Mitch was great last night. You can go Noel when he's back, Gibson. And then you can go small with Toppin if you really want. And I said the Knicks should have gone small a couple weeks ago, but then Toppin got um COVID. Yeah, and you can he could obviously play the three. He doesn't he's not that consistent from outside, but like Who he's Toppin? A, yeah, he's a, he's improving it and he's a rim runner. Obviously, it could work. And, um, yeah, I just – hopefully they start turning a tide. Um, like you said, they did play Detroit. Washington is a good opportunity for them to gain some ground at the bottom of the play-in picture tomorrow. Yeah, and, yeah. and hopefully they play. Hopefully I'm there to see it. Yeah, and this but, is, um, is like bringing the joy that the team and, you know, the fans really needed as of recent. So, yeah. good for them. Yep. Um, so we've been talking a lot about the last couple of weeks, trade rumors, and I feel like basketball trade rumors happen all year long. It's not like baseball or um, football where there's like a deadline. And there's a deadline in basketball, but I feel like trades can happen at any moment in basketball. And this week, this week's trade, um, we'll, we'll put it as um, this week's trade asset of the week is um, De'Aaron Fox. And I'm going to go on a whole rant because I was doing some research before we started this podcast. Why are they trading him? I don't know, but there's been a report that it has picked up steam, quote-unquote. And uh, I just want to know your thoughts on that, potential suitors, and I'll get to my little rant in a second. <laughs> well, the only answer I like really have to why they might be doing it is how they see Halliburton could be better in just year two. Can and- he play the two, though? His outside shot is definitely improving a lot more than Fox. Fox's did. And yeah. it's still a work in progress a little bit for De'Aaron Fox. But, you know, this guy was a home and run. Home and run. Hole and one for them. And, you said uh, home and run? Yeah. <laughs> so his last three games, 24 points, 10.7 assists, 4.7 rebounds. Almost two steals, 55 from the field, 57 from the outside, 86 from the line. And obviously we've talked about the Kings State and how uh, they haven't really been able to handle business. They're in the 10th spot right now. Yeah, and that's a bit of a surprise to me, actually. Especially we said last week how them and Portland got to be the two worst defensive teams. Rashawn Holmes is still out since you made that announcement on the podcast two weeks ago. Harrison Barnes. Um, they got those guys that Tristan Thompson, come on. I thought he was a big pickup for both and mm. he's just Martin rotting. He, he's rotting there now. 
Bagley. Marvin Bagley. Yeah, they tried to boot, boost his uh, value up here and there as well. That guy, they got that guy Matu. Uh, who else am I missing? I feel like another guy. Mitchell. Yeah, he's shown a lot he, of great improvement. But he's like him and, and healed. Like those guys, like I don't want to say belong on the bench. That makes them sound like they're bad, but like. They're really good bench players because, like, of their style of play. Like, Davion Mitchell is kind of like Alex Caruso, like the way he plays, like, his defense and, like, his um hustle and just grittiness. I hate that term, but it's just it's correct for him. And then Buddy Hill's a, a shooter. He's always been one. He always will be one. You need that off the bench. It's just I'm, I got some quotes from some ESPN guys. Tim McMahon says it was widely reported going into the season that Fox is off the table, and I've heard a lot of smoke. That might not be the case at this point. And then Brian Winhurst said Darren Fox came into camp about 15 pounds heavier than when he left. And my biggest thing with them is just, like, the way they do things. They, we saw a couple years ago they let Bogdanovich walk for nothing. And that whole yeah, – He's pretty good now. <laughs> the whole thing with him on the box. I actually saw he's expected to return tonight, I think. Um, I didn't know De'Aaron Fox had a weight issue. He's 180 pounds. He's got a weight issue, this guy. I actually didn't know that either. Oh, would you look at that? Mock trades. You know, I don't really see this happening. Knicks came up. I was just going to say the Celtics. I mean. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. It says that I'm reading here that Fox putting on weight was a good thing. I was going to say, because, I mean, he's a kid. Yeah. Why would it not be? Besides yeah, like, no, Williamson. Like, it, it, he's, it's not Zion gaining weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, this Celtics mock trade is Marcus Smart, Aaron E. Smith, a first round, a 2022 first rounder, and a 2024 for Fox. I mean, I'd do, I do that. Yeah, that could definitely help us. And me in previous years would say no just because of what Smart means to them and the anchor he is on defense. But like, as we've seen this season and after inking that contract, like, yeah. They did it because they look at him as a foundational piece with what he provides and how he's improved as a point guard, as a playmaker. and Like I just said, what he provides on the defensive end and the game-winning plays. But it's just this is a movable deal. Like that was another yeah. thing to why they wanted to give him that extension. It's just like, you know, I've heard people say this. Like Brad Stevens, the coach, loved him. Maybe Brad Stevens, the president, sees it could be kind of difficult. And – I'm still – listen, he's probably my favorite player. It's just I'm still on board for him to be just a homegrown Celtic his whole life, but it's like yeah, he can't be your third best guy. That's just what the deal is. He, he just can't, and he's like making – If you can add Fox without giving him smart, you would. Oh, of course. And Fox with the Jays would be unbelievable. Like, like I said previously, they wanted Lonzo Ball in the summer – and they tried to create the cap space for that to happen. We were just going on a rant about him before. Can you imagine him with this Boston team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's arguably a better Marcus Smart. Yeah. and Because um, like, he could shoot a little bit better. Of course. He is a better one. And, um, yeah, it's just the hype of Ty- Tyrese Halliburton has to be the reason why this is going on. And, Fox is a potential all-star that could help another contender, and Sacramento could get good compensation back, whether it be high draft value, whether it be a solid other young player. I mean, I guess they can't go wrong in either of the situations because they're Sacramento. So I just uh, – 
Halliburton looks just amazing and probably yeah. better than I mean, he, he has. Yeah. The point I'm going to make, I mean, I kind of agree with some of your takes. Don't think they should trade him. So De'Aaron Fox signed for a five-year, $163 million contract. That's his deal. The Kings right now are not rate, not um, like super thin at point guard, but De'Aaron Fox is clearing right now. Like Halliburton's looks good, but he's clearly their best player, De'Aaron Fox. Why trade him? He's 24 <laughs> years old. This is the problem. Not with just the NBA. It happens in baseball too. Every time a team like the Kings or the Pistons or not, the Rockets is a tough team because they just lost Harden. Kings, Pistons, go to baseball, Orioles, Pirates. Every time they touch a, some piece of talent, they want to trade them. What's the point? Make this guy your guy. He has. He's one of the younger stars in the league. I think he's kind of underrated. Why? What is the point in trading him just to restart again and get another De'Aaron Fox? Like, what's the point? If you're going to trade someone... Can can we stop at Marvin Bagley? Get a second round pick for him. Tell him go on. I, I I'm sick of him. Like he is a really good player. He's not shooting that well this year. He's having his career average. He's average. He his career average is 18 points a game. He's averaging 21. So he's only getting better. The muscle growth is also a good sign. Like we were talking about before. I just don't understand that every single time a team like the Kings or the Pistons or like even the Pelicans. They get a good player. Like, why is Brandon Ingram always in trade conversations? Why is, like, maybe not Zion. I'm trying to give another team. Not the Hornets. The Hornets are pretty good now. Uh, Wizards are solid. Um, Timberwolves until recently. Like, all these teams, every time they touch a good player with talent, they want to trade him. Like Cleveland. How about Cleveland yeah. with uh, Jared Allen? Yeah, like, why do, they, why do you want to trade him? How about wait? Because you trading all these guys – for a star or for prospects, he's either going to put you back or or stunt your growth. So what what's the point? The Kings are thirteen and nineteen, not five and thirty. Are they going to win the the title? No, obviously not. But if you can make the playoffs and grow a little bit and keep drafting well and hopefully sign a big player because Sacramento isn't the worst place to go, like when it comes to like geography. What what's the point of giving up your cornerstone piece if you're not gonna get one back? I think they kind of know that like <laughs> the ship has sailed in players' interest there, but I would say that like yeah, I get I get that. I just I don't like in the, his last ten games, he's averaging twenty five a game, four rebounds, three assists, not shooting well from three, but he's shooting fifty three percent from the field. So that's not yeah. just a volume scorer. That that's a that's a quality scorer. And it's not like he's done anything negative. Always looked like his, he's just shown pure improvement. Unless they want Simmons for him still. And that's been a rumor in the past. And they think that could actually happen. Because that would benefit Philadelphia, of course. Like, that would be a great deal. I was saying um, the only way it would make sense is, yeah, is if they just did the swap for Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, you know, 10 times out of 10. But like you said, I mean, I, I don't guess, know if the Kings would do that, though. I mean, if they if they want, I don't see why it hurts if they want a big piece back. But like, it puts them in the same position what you just said. Like, it, yeah, you're yeah, you might draw some attraction just because of what Simmons has been through the last eight months. But like, it, it, it would be negative attraction in a way. Like you'll get you'll get media coverage for bad reasons. <laughs> 
that and like people will be like let's see how they do definitely just draw more eyes in general but like it like you said it puts them back in the same position they were at like as a franchise unless ben really becomes the next magic johnson before our eyes but i'm still waiting for the day yeah i don't think you know my feeling on magic johnson uh, not magic um ben simmons Mm-hmm. I don't need to talk about him anymore. I don't want to be one of those guys that just harps on guys he doesn't like. That's not the point of this. But, yeah, that's my feeling on Fox. I'd love him on the Knicks. I wouldn't bank for him. I think on a championship team, he's a two. But, you know, if you have him and Randall, hopefully you keep RJ in that deal. You probably would keep in a deal for Fox. Yeah, I, that's just my take. I just don't know why. Why not try to build something? You know, try to get somewhat relevant for once. Just a summary of the Kings. That's their motto all the time, I suppose, right? Yeah. It's just crazy. Okay, um, <laughs> so um, we're recording this on a Wednesday, but this will be coming out on Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, we're going to do our predictions for the Christmas Day games because there's no games on Friday this week. This week, me and Rob both on three and five. Like we said, we didn't want to tie, but we did. So we're both 14 and 12 now on the year. So um, the five games you guys at New York, Boston at Milwaukee, Golden State at Phoenix, Brooklyn at Lakers, and Dallas at Utah. We are hoping these games don't get moved or postponed. If, if they do, then we'll adjust accordingly with our predictions and we'll predict the, we'll use the games that are that are being played. So to start off with Atlanta and New York, who do you got? I got the Knicks. For the fact that everyone and their mom on Atlanta is on the cover list. <laughs> yeah, I'll go the same way. And especially if this backcourt that we just talked about can have another good game. I mean, I know they play Washington, the game that you're going to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if, it, if I'm pretty sure Clint Capello is out as well as Trey. They are getting yeah, bumped out of the, the Knicks might be The Knicks might be getting some players back soon because they've been out for about like eight, nine days now. Yeah, so I will go with New York if they can continue this hot shooting. They could obviously use some revenge, and every uh, every single Nick fan is probably angry that Trey Young isn't playing. Or yeah. like, yeah, he's not playing. But um, like I said, when I was at opening night against Boston, I was still hearing the chance about him. So yeah, so I will root for your team on noon at Christmas Day. Yeah, me too, and. Then- Hopefully we get that a win there, and then hopefully a win in Green Bay with the Browns. But um, speaking of Wisconsin, <laughs> uh, the Celtics. Do you do, do you guys play bad teams? <laughs> You're playing the Bucks now. I mean, I don't know if Giannis is going to play, and uh, I know the Celtics are a little beat up with COVID, but they got their core guys. Luckily, Boston goes to Milwaukee. I'm picking Boston here because I just don't know if Giannis is going to play, and that uncertainty makes Boston better. I like that, and yeah, you said it yourself. Uh, pretty sure I've said this to you before, but coming into this month, you know, that was the big thing, how December was a real test, and just look at it down the line. Yeah. Uh, Utah, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Bucks, Warriors, Knicks, Sixers, Cleveland tonight, uh, Bucks again. It's just December was tough, but – You guys you know, are staying, staying afloat. Yeah, it's they lost their identity defensively. I I thought if Horford played, 
you know, losing Horford last Friday after we recorded the last podcast, uh, you know, Friday starts, he goes down, and then Grant Williams goes with him, like the father-son duo. And it's just like their size has been killed, absolutely killed. And they – Robert Williams had a good game against – both the Warriors and the Knicks. He was a bit of an X-factor against the Knicks at a near double-double. As you know, he's just a younger, more authentic, more, you know, athletic, explosive, more of a freak of a Netherlands Noel. And I'm very excited about his future. But he missed the game Monday against Philadelphia due to personal reasons late in the game. Therefore, Ennis Freedom was eating like barbecue chicken by Joel Embiid. Frustrating because oh. he kept giving him the open mid-range jump shot all night on the parquet floor and making it over the double team, like that clutch one at the end. Uh, Boston kind of doubled Joel a lot. They were lucky in the fourth how Danny Green missed some open threes, which were his signature. And um, finally he made one, and that killed momentum. And it's just – it just shows how important Al Horford is. And we know how, like, you know, Boston has been super inconsistent, also looking for their identity. We've talked about it a bunch. But it's it's tough to give excuses at this point is my point. But it's just, like, I think, you know, they beat your Knicks thanks to Josh Richardson and thanks to Jason Tatum and Clutch and Kevin Fournier almost beat them. But it's, like, man, Ennis Freedom and – uh, Bruno Fernando against Embiid, you're never going to win that. I think they would have won that game and potentially beat the Warriors if Al plays. And my hope is that hopefully, yeah, since the same day, hopefully him and Grant can come back by Saturday uh, on Christmas. Schroeder hasn't been well either. He hasn't had a good game since their West Coast swing. And he seems to never like have it together with Browns on the floor, honestly. Yeah. like He doesn't. And I've told you, it's funny because weeks ago, I was all joyful to you. I was on the pod. I was like, he's becoming one of my favorite players. And he probably is. But it's like, dude, you know, I saw the once trade season began last week and rumors started flowing again. I uh, saw Boston will field calls for him knowing that they can't match his price in the summer. And it was never supposed to be a long-term relationship in the first place, but it's like if you can get a good offer for him, you do it. And especially with Beal, you know, that hopeful Cinderella story still lingering going into summer of 2022. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe then we start seeing some Marcus Mart traction as well. But it's just Josh Richardson has very much improved, like I said, and like we saw against New York. And, yeah, it's tonight's a good test for Boston at home and it's a red hot. Cleveland team. Taco Fall makes his return. Luke Cornett does. Hopefully they bounce back tonight. Yeah, Schroeder's got to bounce back. Hopefully they get Horford back for Christmas. But yeah, with Giannis out, I mean, we all know I was going to go into a little Celtic rant for the Celtics mm-hmm. game. But with Giannis out, I'll take Boston just because Tatum usually destroys Milwaukee. And yeah. You know, even without Horford, this is a winnable game, I'd imagine. Without Giannis. With like with Giannis, definitely not. But it's Wednesday now. Hopefully, you know, he's close to coming out. Yeah. Yeah. So um to the West Coast with Golden State and Phoenix. 
I'm going to go Golden State here, and my reasoning is kind of cliche, but um, great players come out on the biggest stages, not saying Devin Booker and Chris Paul aren't great. But Steph Curry, you know, it's been a special year for him, like historically, just teams back. Also a point I want to make before we get to the other games, Steph Curry, uh, not Steph Curry, the Warriors rebuilt, I mean, they won a championship, rebuilt, and are back before the Nets have won anything. I'm just going to put that there. Um, so I'm going to go Golden State. I think even with Wiggins out, they just, they find a way to patch holes and find a way to win games. And in a game, like a primetime game like this, I think Steph will shine. Yep, and expect to see our guy Draymond Green all mic'd up, igniting yeah. his team like he was at Madison Square Garden. Steph broke the record. That was awesome. I will go with Golden State as well because we saw the game where they played in Phoenix when they had the back-to-back. That was when we started the pod. They lost the game in Phoenix. And I don't think Steph shoots that bad again, like we said, probably not all year. I think it will be a nail-biter, but I'll take Golden State just based off Steph and Draymond and Wiggins, like you said. Yeah. You know, Looney, Looney's been solid. Damian Lee. Nail-biter could be the best game of the day. I'll take the blue and yellow. Into Brooklyn and the Lakers, um, probably the two most hated teams in basketball. I'm going to go with the Lakers just because of the fact that I have no idea who's playing for the Nets. And with a G League roster, as Richard Jefferson put it, the Lakers, LeBron, Westbrook, even with AD out, it's, they're just more talented and it's going to be too much for the Nets' like replacements to handle. Yeah, and um, the uncertainty around the Nets is what makes this selection for us. But hey, there's there. I'm pretty sure there is still a chance Kyrie could play potentially, but we don't know as the days keep flying by. But still, we don't, potentially by maybe even before. But like I said, it's been a week. I said it before, so I will take a vintage LeBron performance, so Westbrook, and this will be the best game of the day. So I think the Lakers take it. Jack Nichols and the rest of them. Is it Jack Nichols or Jack Nicholson? Why am I overthinking this? Happy. The celebrity at the Laker game. Oh, uh, I don't know. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. I was going to say, what am I saying? From The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Lakers, I will take. Alrighty. And uh, moving to the last game, Dallas at Utah. Damn, are we really going to go for a sweep? Uh, same pick here. I'm picking Utah. I just think without Luka now, even if he, if he didn't play, I just think Utah's better. Even if they, even if Luka did play, I think I'd pick Utah. I think they're a better team. Yeah, um, definitely has potential being a great game. Potentially still if Luka doesn't play, but if he did play, this would have been awesome, but got to go with Utah. Yeah. Um, who was home, did you say? Utah, Salt Lake City. Ah, uh, yeah. They're, they're, that could be a blowout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, they've, they've been great as well. So I think they will continue this. And Gobert's been awesome. Mitchell's been they'll good, do, yeah. They'll do their job at home. Yeah. All righty. Well, um, that's going to wrap up this week. You want any plugs, Rob? No. Um, just I didn't get to say this before. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully the Celtics win tonight. Hopefully you see a Nick win tomorrow. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'm at, hopefully the game gets played. 
Joe, I saw Woj said Joe Johnson is expected to play, maybe see some floor time. First, obviously, Boston drafted him back in 2001 when Red Auerbach was still in office. He wore number 31, so like that'd be cool if he did again. Boston also got C.J. Miles, who didn't see the floor the other night. So, yeah, it's just hopefully they get a bounce-back win. Like I said, I'm working on a Fournier story. That'll be out soon. Um, yeah, it's just right in season. Yep. What about you, Rich? Uh, yeah, I'll just plug, um, you know, the Instagram at vsports501, one being the number, like you know. My personal Instagram, richiedortis2323 is the number. You can find this podcast on Apple, Anchor. Don't know about SoundCloud yet. It's been giving me some trouble, but definitely, definitely Anchor, definitely Spotify. And um, if you want, you can check out our new logo. Like I said, comment your thoughts below. Comment Bulls or Nets, where you think Jaron Fox is going to go, what you think about Kyrie, what you think about our picks. And, you know, just um, we're going to keep getting more content out. We're growing as the days go on. And thank you for everyone that's listened. We got, we got a view in Brazil, actually, Rob. I don't know if you knew that. But, um, yep, very cool. That's very cool. So, hopefully, this is, this is a global podcast, you know. We're trying to reach mm-hmm. anyone that wants to listen. So, if you enjoy <laughs> it, tell your friends, like, comment, share. Um, we're going to start posting more on Instagram. And uh, hopefully, we're trying to make a Twitter, too. That's give, giving us hard time. But um, besides that, um, have a good weekend. Have a Merry Christmas, and we will see you guys next Friday. Hopefully the league is still being played by that point. Yep, Merry Christmas, guys. Have a good one, and enjoy the games tonight, and enjoy the games Saturday. See you. See you later.